This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Bergiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello out there, disaster divas. Here we are, harried, uh, <laughs> discombobulated, back again. It is but we're I, here. <laughs> it, we're here. It's me, your co-host, Jordan Cruciola. And it's me, Amanda Smith. And Jordan. Who could have predicted <laughs> Aztec Rex you in know, any capacity? Exactly. Who could have predicted Aztec Rex? I found that to be somewhat comforting that there was nothing surprising about it while simultaneously shocking me at every moment. At every at every moment. And there's a thing about the when I where I watched I watched it just like an upload on YouTube, but FYI guys, it is on Tubi in the English language. It is. Okay, so I could not find that. I it fortunate maybe it maybe it was lately added. Um yeah. so you, you can watch it in a proper resolution. In the YouTube upload that I watched though, it said twenty seventeen. Like as though that was the year of the movie. <laughs> I was no, like, it is not. perhaps the craziest thing about I. This cannot be true. But perhaps no. if it is, the craziest thing about it would be that this movie would have been made in 2017. It was indeed made in 2007, which makes so much more sense because this is the story of conquistadors coming to. They say Mexico at a certain point, coming to Mexico, um, and meaning to pillage gold from the area fuck the fuck the indigenous people you know we don't like them if you're the conquistadors uh but what happens actually is it turns out these indigenous people live alongside a tyrannosaurus rex that they have been giving blood offerings to for generations and the tyrannosaurus rex is stirred not by the arrival of the conquistadors the t-rex is already active at that point. Yeah. But they, the conquistadors think they're going to dominate the, the, the native people. And the native people are like, fuck you, actually. And they end up, like, in combat, dominating them, taking them prisoner. And to earn their freedom back, the conquistadors make a deal to kill the thunder lizard. To kill the Tyrannosaurus Rex. And Ian Ziering plays Cortez, the yeah. lead conquistador. The one and only person in this movie attempting Spanish accent one and only it was a choice he was like he saw his wig and mm -hmm. he was like you know mm -hmm. the wig is just not quite offensive enough he and I like, should add my España accent do we think that do we think that because he's like given his disaster sort of building disaster pedigree and his 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 stardom that was very high at a certain time do we think it was a like he did the accent and he was the lead guy, so the director and them were like, let him let him do it? Or were they like, guys, we can't tell Ian otherwise? Or were they like, hey, you don't have to. Like, what do we think? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, because... Or do you think they were like, yeah, man, artistic choice? Oh, no, no, no. I don't think anybody used the word artistic at any point in the making of this movie. Like, yeah, I do not another person even attempted it. No. No. Not in every for like a scene and then it went away. No one even attempted. And what's funny is that, I mean, obviously, like, they're Spaniards. They're all, like, white. 
but Ian's the least swarthy of them. Yeah, there's like the contrast between his bronzed face at one point, his wig, and his his white chest, and his radiating blue eyes Mm -hmm. was like there was like a couple tight shots where it was like, did they put contacts in him to really set this off? Like the cacophony that is Ian Ziering as. Cortez. As Cortez. A role that he was not born to play. Um, no. no. But that he he didn't he, 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 he didn't hold back on. That's the thing with Ian. You know, you're mm-hmm. not necessarily going to get the best performance, but you sure as shit are going to get the most performance. You are. You're going to get a performance. You will get so much performance that you will not have enough hands to carry it. You're going to need <laughs> you to you'll, you'll need to take two trips for all of the amount of performance you're getting from Ian. Because I think it it's like it's a so much a Jack Handy quote from long, long ago. Because all Jack <laughs> Handy quotes are that was like. Make sure when you're going somewhere that you always carry limes with you. <laughs> so when someone asks you to help carry something, you can say, sorry, got these limes. <laughs> and yeah. Ian Ziering bringing the limes. He brought so many limes, the limes to this. Oh, are my God. Tumbling onto the ground. No, the man the man was filthy with limes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, got these limes. And these <laughs> limes are my performance. You've heard of chewing the scenery. Yeah. Disaster Girls brings you carrying too carrying many limes. Carrying the limes, juggling the limes. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I mean, God. It was, going into this in general, there was like that question in my- A lot of nerves. My, so many nerves. A lot mm. of questions in my head of what exactly are we dealing with? How are we going to tackle this? Are we making Cortez a hero? Yeah. Um, in this film, because... what's the white savior quotient going to be here? Right. And like, how badly are we, we rewriting what is essentially genocide? <laughs> yep. Um, yep. And I want to like say, as flippant as we're going to be about this, this is a movie where the premise is the genociders aren't so bad because they killed a T Rex first. Uh huh. And it and it, this. Yeah. Yeah. As someone who's whose people have been subjected to a genocide, I got to say killing a T-Rex doesn't make you better. So I'm just going to put that out there in case anyone's under the mistaken impression they can commit genocide if they kill a dinosaur first. You can't. Yeah, there is. There is a conquistador with a heart of gold. Yes, Rios. of course. Rios. Well, yeah. The whole thing is like apparently Cortez sucks. The rest yeah. of his men were good. Yeah. Like so half it's, were, it's half a were very good, one were, bad apple half sort of were situation. Fucking, uh, piece of shit. Uh, colonizers, but yeah. half were good. And this is this movie is a perfect example of when a like small made for TV disaster movie is like we've got a point of view. Mm-hmm. It's like this is a perfect example of where you like go into it and you're really you're really gritting your teeth, and then it like is clearly like it's clearly doing something where it's like. It's making in its own mind salient points. This, yeah. this movie is not pro conquistador. This movie is not. This movie just. We immediately see these people as like jackasses and bastards. Like they're make they're misogynists. They're violent. They're talking about exploiting the indigenous. You're like, oh, these people are being meant to look like villains here. Okay, that's a good start. And Cortez and then, is kind of an idiot also. He, Cortez idiot. is very, like, he, his plan of attack is terrible. He, and they're they like, well, the what Aztec. he lacks in experience, he makes up for in gusto. Like, yeah. no one thinks this guy's a great leader. They just know he's extremely ambitious. Yeah. And greedy. I gotta, I gotta ask Jordan, you know, when you say this thing with the point of view, did you 
do you think an argument could be made? Mm. And granted, this was in my notes when I was very high, so it might just have been me really reaching. Mm-hmm. Do you think an argument could be made that this sort of builds upon and parodies the like 60s and 70s? I don't know if you would say like grindhouse, but sort of exoticism. Sort of like um, uh-huh. the remember the the Great Alligator? How we talked about with that, like mm-hmm. it was play, the Italian the exoticism in the in Italy of a foreign land. Yeah. Yeah. And a tribal people and all of that. Could an argument be made mm-hmm. that this film was attempting to do that with its Aztec sacrifices and all of that world building? This is, I'm not going to say this movie, I'm not going to say Aztec Rex is not connected to the tradition of Mondo films. Yeah. I'm not going to say that this, uh, the, this movie does not exist in the shadow of at least faintly of those uh, 60s, early 70s American-Italian co-productions that were like, let's go somewhere quote-unquote exotic and do um, crazy or terrible things uh, with uh, the sort of most well-known and certainly more extreme than we're working with here, but being cannibal holocaust. And just like, they're, they're... I feel like th- this movie travels where those, the, like this movie travels where it does because those movies went boldly where no one had gone before in terms of lack of taste and yeah. <laughs> horror. And this is this is this is the twenty first is a twenty first century update of that where it's like yeah. but we know colonizers are bad as far as reality <laughs> index goes. The conquistadors as we meet them are exactly as fucking shitty. As I would bet they were when they arrived. Sure, it, it's in like these movies are these movies are so tricky because you can tell they're aiming to like be thoughtful about what they're doing, to like make a point kind of about who the real bad guys are. Yeah, but then also implicitly like the indigenous people, the uh, the uh, ship, the Lucia crashed and a pre uh religious man uh, Ugh, whatever the he is. priest the priest the, the priest, padre he's been um living among the indigenous people and like mm-hmm. teaching them presumably <laughs> i think tell me if you agree with this i think this is a situation where like technically everybody's quote-unquote speaking spanish in the movie but yeah. we understand it as english but because the padre says to i think rios he's like i taught them spanish like they like i crashed here uh yeah. they taught me this i taught them spanish he doesn't say english so it's like oh canonically everybody in the movie is speaking spanish <laughs> so but we hear english because that yes this is why it took me like five minutes of watching the Tubi version that's dubbed in Spanish yeah. for me to realize that it was a Spanish dub because initially I was like, oh, that's that interesting. Sense. The conquistadors initially are like speaking Spanish and then maybe yeah. they'll like transfer to English once they, but no, no, no. And they it's were not just necessarily all speak- actors you recognize. So it could yeah. be a bunch of native Spanish speakers. Yes, it was just, not. It was, yeah. It, yeah, it was. They were speaking English in the same way that like in a movie where it's set on a German U-boat, they all speak English with an accent. Yes, I think same that concept. is what's happening here. Yeah. We are watching the German U-boat guys. Yeah, but speaking English, quote, speaking English, quote unquote, but really to them, it's German. Yes. But for us, it's English. And so, again, this this movie is taking the side of the indigenous people 
but it is, and it's not like, ah, the noble savages. Like, they're, they're, they're sympathetic characters. We, where it is, we well, see okay. a blood sacrifice so, at the very start, and it's like, uh, what are you guys gonna do with these people? But then, then they, like, it, it's clear they have been, to a degree at least, civilized by contact with the Spanish padre. Like, that's so, definitely yeah. happening here. So here's my thing, and I realized it the other day. It, it wasn't, I didn't realize it till at, long after Dai I watched Chen the Lachman movie. Dai Chen gains humanity when she reveals to this man that she can speak his language. Right. That's the thing. Like, the 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 fact that they become, yeah. that they are civilized, which, again, tracks with, like, the whole conquistador thing, but is also, like, well, point of view of the movie. Um, you know what this movie reminded me a lot of in terms of the way that it dealt with the indigenous people and the I'm just going to say Aztecs because that's what they are in this film. Right, they're, it is di- they're Aztec called Rex. Aztecs. Yes, it is Aztec yes. Rex. They are called Aztecs. They're technically they're Aztec in this film, which, sure. Um, it was, I was like, oh, this is Pocahontas, but with a dinosaur. Because that's it handles. Not, that's not wrong. It's not the an inaccurate is absolutely a John Smith. Yeah, and this is like the Disney Pocahontas where. And like, Cortez is the big, blustery. Oh, guy. God. Yeah. Um, the. Not Randolph, something. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> colonized Virginia. But the point is, is like this movie doesn't talk about the about the Aztecs in a way that's like it doesn't feature them in a positive way. No, and it doesn't feature them in a negative way. But it thinks it's featuring them in a positive it way. Do, it really it thinks like, it's doing something it's not. Feel and that's the, the intention, same, yeah, of them. Like we're gonna we're gonna show that you know history. Mm-hmm. We're going to touch a little upon that, like, the history you were taught by the victors, it's flawed. Because these guys were bad guys. They were they were pillagers and probably rapists. Like, but it's all, but it's still Aztec Rex. It's still Aztec Rex. Yeah. And I, as is the case in, regardless of the perplexing nature of this movie and the difficult things to get around with it, I'm never knocking a root for the fucking animal. In this movie, the it only is thing not I was the T Rex's fault that a bunch of fucking people showed up in its valley. Yeah, like, are you? I'm. I'm. I. I am rooting for Dai Chen and what she wants, and I get it. She doesn't want to sacrifice people to the dinosaurs anymore. But yeah. this, like, we've got to hunt down and kill forever the dinosaurs. It's like, you mean the last two living dinosaurs? You fucking bastards. Right. I mean, look, when they took out the first one, I was sad. I was so sad. sad. And with these little twitchy legs. Awful. Like, okay, so the the whole thing with with the dino with the T-Rex. I mean, all I'm going to say is <laughs> one of two things could have happened. You show up in a valley, you find out there's a giant T-Rex, and you pick up your shit and move, and you Aztecs. Move, you, leave. you don't have to do blood sacrifices to the T-Rex. You no. can just go somewhere. Like, this is there is this another is valley. still early enough in the settlement of yeah. the entire continent of the entire northern and southern America that, like, there's probably room for you to build your village somewhere that's not going to get regular visits from a T-Rex. And also, they've that, already, yeah. like, impromptu relocated their entire village to apparently a desert some distance away to keep them safe from the T-Rexes. So it's just like, keep moving. Yeah. Keep moving. That being said, if you're going to live peacefully along, like, they did successfully live peacefully alongside that T-Rex, didn't maybe need to do so many blood sacrifices, but they lived yeah. peacefully until the white dude showed up and decided to go poking around and start fucking with the bear. And basically like, well, the shaman, it sounds like he really, he made it up. Yeah. The shaman, the shaman is a problem. I mean, this is like, this is very much the King Kong thing of like this, 
the animal was fine before you guys all decided to make it a problem. So don't yeah. make it a problem. Don't and then we won't problem. have to kill King Kong or the leave random Skull T-Rex. Island, yeah. leave the valley, and everything's, and everything's fine. fine. Yeah, Cortez, you don't have to go kill this guy. You don't have to go kill the T-Rex. You all could just leave. That's an option. I found um, I found a parallel here in this movie to um, a zombie movie came out a few years ago called Blood Quantum. And it is a, a Canadian uh, Canadian zombie film by um, an excellent filmmaker. Oh, 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 what is your name? Uh, Blood Quantum Bernard. Bernard? Blood Quantum movie? Where are you? We're going to do it. Jeff Barnaby. Jeff Barnaby. Sure. Jeff Barnaby, uh, an indigenous filmmaker uh, out of Canada, and the whole crux of the movie is that there's a contagion, zombie contagion. Uh, the indigenous people are immune from the virus, which makes the reservation the only safe place. So they wall it off, turn it into a fortress, which they have white hordes descending upon them, trying to infiltrate or find refuge in their reservation because there's no place else that's safe. Okay. And there is a character in that, in that movie named Lysol. And Lysol is a bastard of a guy. He's angry. But I, I talked to Jeff Barnaby about this and how the um, Je- Lysol kind of re- represents a significant sort of faction of the of the modern native, the modern subjugated native in that his, his ends justify the means attitude is very destructive. The, the nihilism is very... You know, you could look at it and be like, oh, that's a bad point of view. And yet, what has fomented this in him, all of this oppression, marginalization, being stripped of rights, humanity, dignity, he very justifiably arrives at this anger and desperate, corrosive rage at what his people have been subjected to. So while Lysol is... A villain of the story, even Jeff Barnaby doesn't recognize him as necessarily a villain because he is righteous in his anger, even if he's like, fuck him, leave everyone to die. So there, I was getting notes. The shaman is our bad guy. He's not, he's not as fleshed out as Lysol, I'll tell you that. But the, the lack of trust he has for the conquistadors, the, the desire to kill them all, the certainty yeah. that more will come, even if they let these guys go, and they promise we won't let any other Spaniards come here. He's right. Yeah. He shouldn't trust them. Cortez has, Cortez is not a trustworthy man. So for him to be like, he's lying, he's going to break his pact if we set him free and he's going to bring people back here. Shaman guy, asshole misogynist, is still right about the conquistadors in that way. So if you want to make this a real textual analysis, he's a rich character if you want to give more to Aztec Rex than Aztec Rex is offering to you. Yeah, I mean, as it stands now, it's sort of, it's it, the the shaman character is worst person you know makes a great point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's not wrong. Totally. Yeah. You should not trust these guys. You should not trust them when they say that they're not going to come back. You should not trust them when they say they're not going to bring more people. Absolutely. Yes. He also was very clearly a serial killer. Very clear. He was using his religion as a cover for the fact that he was super, super, super into ripping the hearts out of people. Yeah. Like as, really as into it. character makes clear to us, like you, you made all those blood sacrifices because you enjoyed it. Yeah. But 
He's also not wrong. He's also not wrong. He is, he is, uh, he is a chauvinist. Yeah. He wants to take, uh, Dai Chen, the daughter of the tribal chief. He uh, almost rapes her. Yeah, he (laughs) almost rapes her. Yep. He leaves her to die when there's a dinosaur coming at them both. And the, and he, so he, like, not a good guy. Also power hungry. Wants to depose the chief. Does, kills him, the beloved chief. So bad guy making the making the correct point the salient yes. point in that moment and dai chen bless her fucking heart is serving sincerity this whole she movie. is she is trying so hard with yep. a movie that is so beneath her yeah in so many ways in yes. on so many levels this movie is so beneath her like one the party city costume she's stuck oh, in the whole time yeah. is i mean god bless she's a gorgeous human being yeah like one of the most strikingly beautiful yeah. a off- rare kind of beauty is Dai if you Lachman. if you don't know who she is but you have watched severance she is one of the characters and she's the she has the severe black bob in that yeah, show she's she's the the like psychiatrist or whatever in severance she's it she was an altered carbon the first season mm-hmm. uh with i think my favorite role that i've seen her in playing like the sister to the true soul inside of Joel Kinnaman's character like sister or like yeah I think sister um and she was in she was wildly misunderused in Dollhouse yeah she is I I think Dai Chen is somebody who a racism and like racism that like like casts her off into like buckets of exotic character um has deprived her I think of getting more quality roles to choose from and also I think She's just, she's one of those women on screen who's so apparently beautiful, like dominatingly beautiful, that there is such a lack of imagination yeah. around where you could cast Dai Chen. No one, I think no one it is understands the concept her. that you could like potentially see someone who's shockingly beautiful and they can also do other things than just be gorgeous. Yes. And yes. like, I, that's, you know. Be dolls I, a, in a house. <laughs> you know, it's a problem I relate to. Um, <laughs> if there's two people who know that, it's yeah. me and you. Oh, God, yes. It's I, me and you. We understand what it's like to be tens in a sea of fives. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad for them. <laughs> we, you know, the empathy we have to feel every day. Oh, my gosh. It's a struggle, man. Yeah, Whenever go I'm like, early because we're burning so much energy. But, uh, but yeah, it's She's trying so hard and they give her so little and yeah. she just, I mean, when she shows up, when the conquistador that she is into is yeah. bathing and she shows up wrapped in a blanket yeah, and then drops it mm-hmm. as her big, like, I want to seduce you move. Yeah. And I was just like, man, come on. She's got better moves than that. It's, it's moments like that that I am very grateful for made for TV. Because oh yeah, they can't show you boobs. Yeah, oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, they have to keep the hair glued here. They they can't really show her ass. Like it's moments where I'm that I'm really grateful that the nature of the movie is not allowed to shine through due to commercial restrictions. Oh yeah, <laughs> thank I mean, that's, God. That's the thing, right? Like this movie, if this movie were allowed to be the movie that it wanted to be, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. No. Oh God. The number of boobs in this movie would there be, would have like, been so many boobs. There, well, not a single 
Aztec woman would have worn a top. Let's start with that. Like none of them would have worn shirts of any, (laughs) even the little straps that they had on. Yeah. yeah. There would have been none of that. The party city tops that they had on. There was like those little handkerchief tops that people wore in like the late, late to the early 2000s. My, my, my dear friend Lena at one party we had in college wore a handkerchief as a shirt. Yeah. And I'm simply not built for it. I was so jealous of girls who could do that. Because, like, it's not like a, it's not like a, oh, here's a special kind of handkerchief that you wear as a shirt. No, it's just literally a handkerchief. It's just a a pocket square handkerchief. Yeah. That is like, well, can't do that. Yep. (laughs) Take one of those, like, the the Old West bandanas, essentially, or like a paisley one and just tie it around. Yeah, it was a purple paisley one. That Mm -hmm. was what she just tied right up against her back. Yeah, I, I always was like amazed by the idea that girls could do that. So I was like, what do you, but where does your giant bra go? <laughs> yeah, I don't how understand. We, how are we doing this? What is the architecture here? It was like, I'm surprised that, frankly, they didn't have the Aztec women in this in those. <laughs> it might have actually been more expensive than just getting the bulk <laughs> yeah. order from Amazon of like, hey, we just need like 17 Pocahontas costumes. Yeah. Find us your most offensive. Yeah. And pre-euphoria, euphoria makeup. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they did have very like euphoria sort of facial decorations. Yeah, face- facial decorations. Like it wasn't tribal markings. It was just sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was flair. It was flair. You're right. It was flair. It, it was Coachella yeah. adornments. Yes. They, I, I hope that, you know, she this got was, to keep her costume like so that she could go to Coachella. They afterwards. were dressed like Coachella is what this was. They were. They were dressed. All of the, all of the Aztec ladies all yep. like three of them were dressed for Coachella. Yeah. God. I, again, throughout the movie, the conquistadors are, except for our, our savior conquistador, um, are, there was, point of order, this movie had great practical effects for like blood and guts. Yep, yep. I, they, I mean, they up did until good... when the intestines, the intestines came out, and I was like, that's a little, little yeah, rubbery there. Yeah, just straight up holding his own intestines. Yeah. <laughs> at one point. Um, they had some good, good blood effect moments. The I loved how much they went in for the CGI dinosaur. Yeah, I mean, I, I was like, credit, give it credit, all to us. Give, give it us all us, to us. If you're gonna give us this movie, mm-hmm. the worst thing you can do is not have enough Rex. Yeah, I don't care if it's, I don't care if it's not the best rendered dinosaur. I want it full frame. I want to see it all. I want close ups. I don't want like suggestions of it, and then one practical puppet of like a leg. Like, I don't, right. that's the last thing I want. No, this movie Give gave me us the ex- full CGI baby hippo. The, yes. God, the CGI baby hippo is so good. <laughs> oh, I'd forgotten about the CGI baby hippo. Every time I take a walk across the Shakespeare Bridge in Los Feliz, I think of that movie where <laughs> that tiny blonde woman lost her large adult son. Oh, that kid, yes. That, that was a 25 year old PA. They were that they realized they hadn't cast, and so they just grabbed <laughs> <Yeah>. the dude <laughs> who was like a twelve-year-old, meant to be like a twelve-year-old. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah loved, I, I loved the Rex, the Rexes. When the T Rex is running through the canyon at the Conquistadors, and they fire a cannon at the T Rex, and it bounces off of its chest, bounces like a, off, and makes like a basketball funking sound. Yeah, it was like a rubber ball. Just it was, bonk. it was perfect. That yeah. is the, that is what every like. I don't want to give Aztec Rex a lot of credit, but right. I do want to give it the credit that it deserves in that it gave us what it needed to in terms of the amount of T-Rex. And yeah. it gave us the absurd that we wanted from like 
sure, a cannonball can't puncture its chest. Yeah, like we'll get That's it with wooden stakes, possible. but that cannonball simply wasn't enough. Right. And and I I one of the best parts of this movie absolutely is when the T-Rex attacks uh there are two Aztec women like out in the forest and a T-Rex comes in to attack and there's just this like fixed shot on like the T-Rex bites into like a woman. She's like on a tree limb. It like bites mm-hmm. into her. She's laid across the tree limb. And the actress continues like twitching, like death twitching, which is great. And it looks like, I don't even know if it's CGI at that moment. It looks like they just have a giant T-Rex puppet that is totally stationary. They just hold the shot on her for a number of seconds. And it's just a completely still T-Rex jaws around her, near her. Mm-hmm. And that's like, it's like, Wow, that <laughs> what a what a shot! Let's just hold this here. Keep twitching. We're just gonna hold here. This dinosaur is not gonna move at all. This is where he would stay, yeah, for a bit. He's just gonna. He enjoys the mouthfeel of the twitching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's really that's... savoring. You know, I don't know about you. I've found recently I do not chew my food enough is a problem I have. So maybe the T Rex. Yeah, I just like I hustling through it. Yeah, I don't it, I, I don't know what it is. I think I just don't like the texture of it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that I've realized <laughs> recently I need to chew my food more. And so maybe the T-Rex is trying to do the same thing where the T-Rex is like, I need to wait for my food to die. And then mm. I need to methodically chew it because I'm yeah. getting a tummy ache. My wife has told me I need to chew my food more. Yeah. My dinosaur wife. Because there's, of course, a male and a female. They kill the male and then the female comes down searching for vengeance in the valley, mm-hmm. as as she should. As I will she say, should. they say it's a male, but we don't actually know. Dinosaurs have cloacas, so I, they don't have external genitalia like a mammal. Right. These could have They're been guessing. two. They could have been T. Rex wives. We don't know. Could have been a T. Re- two T. Rex wives. Could have been two T. Rex husbands. It could have been. Yeah. Either way, the one partner was mad. Yo, they were. Well, the other went down again. I, if you were as one they of, should be. Yeah, of course. All you want to do is just mind your own business. Then all of a sudden, these white dudes show up and shove your partner onto a bunch of sticks. I would be mad too. Yeah, hundred percent. And again, I just even to the very end, I was like, I know that it's the mandate of the movie, but like, I wish this would end with Daichen being like, we can come to terms and live in harmony. Uh, with the land and the and the the thunder lizard because we are not savage conquistadors we are of this place and surely there's I was hoping we could find like a coming to terms between the people the the indigenous people and the Rex because killing it just fucking sucked yeah I mean I I would like to there is a the opening of the movie was like, this is this this is the story that no one knows. I wish that <laughs> yes. it had been, this is the story that could have been. And right, like, yeah. Because then, like, first of all, then you don't have to be constrained by, like, the conquistadors and the, and the, the whole fact that we're watching a civilization who ends up getting, like, ultimately wiped out through genocide. We You avoid all of that because it's like, well, this could go anywhere. We're now in an alternate timeline. It and really, also, it really, then it, you, you're yeah. really set up for that because it's fucking dinosaurs. Like, this isn't dinosaurs. a thing that actually happened. There is yeah. no, there's no historical record of two remaining dinosaurs. So, hey, <laughs> let's just make this an alternate timeline. Give us yeah. that. And then at the end, we can be like, and then Cortez was murdered and Dyke and Dyson was riding a T-Rex. And then at the end, we can yeah. have like, Dyke and then it's, and then it's Dyson and the T-Rex. T-Rex. Yeah. Instead of Tammy. And 
everybody's happier. I was so worried for a minute. I was pretty sure they were going to send her back to Spain with Rios. Oh, I was like, they yeah, are not going to do the thing where she, where he's like, I must go back. I have a sense of duty to my country. Cause he's like duty, duty guy, duty, honor, dignity, that kind of shit. And pretty sure uh, a, 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 a man who had never had sex because he, t- by his Catholic faith, he could not give in to Daichen trying to seduce him. Cause he was like, oh, it's against my religion. Until and they were married. I did love, I did love that where he's like, uh, it's against my religion. And she's like, doesn't your God forgive people? I was like, okay, that's a great moment. Yeah. And, and he's like, unless I got you pregnant or married you, uh, like, unless I left you with like a baby or something, like I couldn't. And so she like, fine. And has to like storm off. But then they get hastily married by the priest right before they go to final battle with the Tyrannosaurus Rex. And then they immediately have sex. They yes. immediately have sex in a tree while they're like, hold on. Can't go kill the dinosaur yet. We're going to have sex in this tree. They they didn't just have sex. They were hiding with the priest in a like circle of trees in a little like grove situation. Yeah, yeah. The priest marries them. The T-Rex is roaming around and roaring outside of this grove. Yeah. And then they go to like an adjacent little nook in the grove and pound it out. Yeah. They just right there. Which is so awkward with the priest right there. Like, yeah, I get I get, you know, being like, well, look, if the dinosaur is going to eat us, I want to go out, you know, happy. Yeah, sure. I would love if if I were given my list of ways I can potentially die. <laughs> sure. Having I- sex with someone I think is really hot right before being eaten by a dinosaur is That's like a true. top five. That's true. That's a fan fiction for you. I mean, like, that's a great way. My, you get to see a dinosaur. It's I right there. I get to there. see a dinosaur and I get to have sex with, like, Chris Evans. Yes. Yeah. There, sure. Wow. You know, honestly, d- didn't realize it, but T Aztec Rex made uh, a, an archive of one's own just for you. Well, I'm just saying, like, I of the choices in this film that yeah. were questionable... That was one I understood. (laughs) (laughs) With the drunk priest standing off to the side being like, God, if I live, uh, I won't drink again. Like, I won't drink hard alcohol again. Just get me back to Spain and let me live. So he's over there just like praying. Praying. And I. Having sex in the tree. I was rooting so hard for him to be eaten. One of the greatest flaws. I can't believe this movie let him live. That was That is one of my biggest problems with this movie is that. Yeah, that was bullshit. Yeah. Like he was he, ready to sell the Aztecs out completely yeah. after they let him live with them and, like, provided for him for the eight fucking years he was probably a pain in their ass. Yeah. And then he's, like, brokering a deal for their release for his own interest because he wants to get back to Spain. And then he's, like, ready to bounce and not be part of the T-Rex hunt at all and being like, I only helped you because I thought you would never fulfill your promise. I'm going to get on that fucking ship. Like, him and him and or preferably both Ian Ziering should have died. Cortez and the priest should have died. Oh yes, that would have been that. Like, that would have been this movie actually understanding more of what it was doing. Yes, I, at the very least, you have to have that dude die because, like, he's he is not just that he sells out the Aztecs immediately, but he's been scamming them for eight years. Like, oh this yeah. Man, Absolutely. Is, this man taught like is so dismissive of them, and yes, I I mean, sure, you're not going to exactly believe the religion if you're coming from a Catholic faith, but yeah, I I would suppose that would mean that maybe you should not be the priest then. <laughs> yeah, like, I would very clearly, like the shaman who kills everyone is like reports to him. Yeah, he is somehow the yeah. white dude has somehow risen through the ranks of their 
of their religion. Yeah, become, and not because he's made them Catholics, but because right. they just like defer to him. It's just yeah, they're just like because oh, you're he's white. a because he's a white authority. Yes. So again, that's one of those things. Where it's like, well, this movie is not doing what it thinks it's doing. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I so wanted that guy to be. I was I was very actually. In fact, I have in my notes. Um, God, he better get eaten. And then I couldn't remember who it was. And so I read through, and I was like, who was like, this wait, about? Who am I even talking yeah. about? And then I have in parentheses, who was about, who was this about? It could have been any of them. But for context clues, <laughs> I think this was the priest, question mark. Yeah, I'll buy and that. I'm pretty confident that it was like, I was just so, as soon as the priest shows up and starts being like, oh, hey guys, you're finally here. I'm waiting <laughs> oh, to get back hey home. guys. I was like, fuck that man. Truly fuck yeah, that Yeah, fuck man. that man. Fuck that man. He was like waiting to, because he knows what's going to happen if, like, he was on a ship that was going to come and colonize. He knows what's going to happen if he gets back to the new world and then tells, or to the old world and then tells people about the new world. Like, he's ready to, he's ready to get going and and completely colonize shit. This movie does really try to have its cake and eat its too, where it's like, it's doing like, we are on the side of the indigenous people. We are inside of the Aztecs. Look at how dickish these conquistadors are. But then like... It's a T-Rex situation, so it's kind of weird. And then at the very end, we get, like, the voiceover that's, like, you know, Daichen and Rios, you know, produced many children and protected the valley. And then it's, like, Cortez did come back with more Spaniards and conquer Mexico, but he never touched that valley again. And that just, like, the genteel tone of that, like, he did come back with so many Spaniards and overtake Mexico. It was, like genocide yeah like you're talking about a genocide so he didn't kill the one valley with the good ones quote unquote yeah exactly great is that are we supposed to be thrilled with this development that has a that has a john smith co-signer yeah he didn't kill that one village because that village was apparently full of the half-white kids yes of his corporal or whatever Yeah. yeah i i liked what they were going for with a daichen being like an empowered woman yeah. Like, I'm not going to stay behind while you fight the T-Rex. And, like, I can have an embodied sex life. And, like, that's a bit, that's a real 2022 read on it. But, yeah. like, she's doing it. And she's, like, my, the, she's, she's like, betrothed to the shaman. Because he's, like, the most important guy in the village. And the, her dad's, like, it's the way we got to do it. And, but she's, like, I don't want to marry that guy. He's a piece of shit. And I don't love him. Like, she wants to marry for love. And she doesn't want to be baby in a corner. Like, I like what they're doing with that. And I like... What I, I think one of this movie's best choices is when they finally do get to show down with the shaman that I was bummed when Rios gets to kill him because Rios has been poisoned by mushrooms and manages still to kill this man in battle. But then, and like Daichin gets like knocked out and falls off to the side. I was like, they fucking knocked her out? Like that's bullshit. But then Rios is like, well, no, we don't have anything to bait the dinosaur with. And she looks down and just goes, we will and just grabs a knife goes down to that guy looks him in the eye while she cuts his fucking heart out while he's still alive it was such that a- was and awesome then, and then holds it to lure the dinosaur the wide he- shot of daichen holding yeah. a heart offering it to a dinosaur that is what you watch a movie like that's what you watch a creature feature on this scale for Somebody yeah. better be holding a bloody organ at a very computer-generated dinosaur for extraordinary reasons. 
It was that was that was a singularly perfect moment in yep. this film. And and then to then follow it up with and then she she lures the dinosaur and then they blow the face off of the dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, they don't guys, they don't blow up the dinosaur. They don't no. blow the head off the dinosaur. They blow the face off of they blow, they blow the, the skin, skin off of the dinosaur's face. Only of the dinosaur off the dinosaur from his like mid neck up. So he looks like he looks like a dinosaur that has been skinned in a video game from 2005. It was very Looney Tunes, but it also is just gruesome. so like so ridiculous. I was, was like, wait, that's what they're gonna do. It reminded me of like when Daffy Duck is fighting with um is fighting is fighting with bugs and like they're passing a dynamite stick back and forth <laughs> yeah. and then and then Daffy's yes. beak gets blown off and yeah. blown around to the back of his head. It is a total Acme explosion moment. Yeah, it was perfect. It looks like it looks like the head of the dinosaur looks like it was it was dipped into the dip from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> it looks like the T Rex looks like his cartoon. Skin was melted yeah. off by a crazy Christopher Lloyd mm-hmm. in an acid bath. Yes, this is a perfect description. He of got it. the dip. <laughs> but and I love, I love even in a movie like this. This is why this is one of the things I love about these these kinds of movies where it's like, no matter what, just blow it up. Yeah. It doesn't matter what time, it doesn't no. matter what place, it doesn't matter what the what the the antagonist is force of nature animal vegetable mineral active weather blow it up i i love when in doubt just yeah try it it, blow it up i love that you can do that in any one of these movies you can you can end any any movie if you don't have any fucking idea blow it up legit i'm not gonna be if you thought of something else i'd be like oh that was an interesting thought but if you just give me something blowing up preposterously, I would be happy about it. Oh, yeah. I'd be mean, happy I, about it. I don't know any of the science yet about why in my Moontastrophe, like disaster movie that I've been writing, I don't have the science yet about why the moon breaks apart. But I know with 100% certainty that the third act is going to involve the main characters going to the moon and using nukes to weld the moon back together. Because Ooh. that's what you fucking do. That makes sense to me simply because it exists. It's it is the it's rule. like it's, saying the moon is a mega structure and being like, yeah, yeah, it's just what it is. Yeah, did it's you just what it is? Did you also during the lunar eclipse think fondly upon moonfall like I did? I was think it was making me think of when the moon rises during the moon rises mm. when it starts pulling things up and everything's fire. Yeah, I was thinking a lot of that specifically, like the the orange moon over the horizon. God. That the movie's... every 15 minute moonrise in Moonfall. With the gravity wave and chaos. <laughs> I somebody, thank God, tagged me the other day because they would watch they were, they were like, Jorah Crew, I'm finally watching Moonfall. Love that. And uh, the, clearly the best tweet in the small thread that that produced was a screen grab of the quote unquote babysitter of Halle Berry's character sure. being like, biggest surprise in Moonfall was that this woman is. Halle Berry's exchange student living with her and not her fucking <laughs> wife. Yes! I, I, I'm sure I mentioned this on this podcast before. When we walked out yeah. of there, Sam was like, I wasn't expecting a gay disaster movie. I was like, oh, what was gay? Like, what was textually gay? Like, we could call yeah. it anything gay rights. But like, what? And he was like, well, Halle Berry's wife. I was like, oh, see. <laughs> nah. Actually. Mm. And he was like, are you, what? 
what? And then when we started explaining it, put it together, he was like, oh my God, you're right. You're fucking right. How? What? That's insane. I was like, yes, that was insane. It takes, well, uh, it takes every less single person we've talked to has believed, has you, me, Van, uh, Scott. Remember when, when Scott <laughs> yep. was on a few weeks ago? Scott yep. also thought, Sam, everyone who had, this movie, you could really make a, you could, I, you could definitely say this is a gay rights movie and that it just was like, well, they just didn't show it. Yeah, because, because that, that, how accustomed are we to that where you like neuter the yeah. queer couple because that's, we don't want to offend anybody in like China box office. Like it makes total sense that that would be just a totally like straight washed over gay couple. But it is, she's like an exchange student slash nanny. Who is also Halle Berry's future wife (laughs) yeah the fact that in that movie Halle Berry is neither married to Patrick Wilson nor the beautiful woman living in her house it's like wait what the fuck like they're gonna why why? she's not even at least with Patrick Wilson what's going on here I'm rooting for a thruple oh yeah it's what Halle Berry deserves because Halle Berry deserves it all she shouldn't have to choose no, she should get she should get Patrick Wilson. She should get her military ex-husband. Should she wish she should get I want I, I you know what? Moonfall is the officially <laughs> the first polyamorous mm-hmm. yes. relationship. Um, yeah, Starring yeah, disaster movie. lead roles. I I will get away from it in just half a second. But I just have to since we're talking, just have to shout out Moonfall best movie of 2022 that involves a man shouting the words ex-wife while he's yelling at the Joint Chiefs of Staff to not nuke the moon. That is a great, that shouting, is a great specific. My ex-wife is, it up, is there. up there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, not, a compelling, it's a compelling argument. You know, there is a rule. Not, you, not cannot, the, you cannot nuke something <laughs> that anybody who's on the Joint Chiefs ex-wife is on. You cannot. You cannot, but he, he he could have said the love of my life, like no. some declaration of like he's. We've got over people her. up there. Yeah, we've Anything. got people. The love of my life. The even go go for the real paternalistic route and say the mother of my child. Like yeah. do something, but like <laughs> my ex-wife is up there. All of the divorced mm-hmm. men in that room are like, so you want to turn the key now? Like <laughs> all of the divorced men. In oh, that yeah. room who picked their service careers over their families are 100% are like, so you're making the case for launching the nukes now. See, and I would argue that's more proof that we know that she is secretly married to that yeah. the exchange student because he's not paying alimony. Yeah, like it's 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 secretly married because there's surely some sort of like paperwork thing that they like need to get squared away with first. Like, but but if clear. he were paying alimony, he'd probably be more okay with nuking her. And so I'm just assuming that he's no longer because she's now remarried. And once you remarry, you don't have to. Yep. That's a really great point. Yeah. He would have, he would have incinerated her for that. I mean, you know, just to, to speak on Moonfall for one more moment, because I feel like we've exhausted most of Aztec Rex at this point. (laughs) Um, You know, as much as watching that movie, I was like, this is not Roland Emmerich's greatest. Yeah. What I do appreciate is how the little things that cling to my brain, like used Kleenex. Yeah. On a t-shirt that just come out of the dryer. <laughs> yeah. Leaving the, residue behind. Yeah. Like where you're just kind of picking off strips of a Kleenex that you've been, that has gone through a wash and dry by accident. Mm. I, those bits of the movie that cling to my brain in that way. Mm-hmm. 
perfect. Perfection. (laughs) All I could ever need. If you just took the memories I have of watching this film and compiled Mm. them and like streamed them through a device, you'd be like, wow, this is a perfect disaster movie. What a compelling (laughs) piece of cinema. It's just the problem is there was a lot else there. But God, those moments that I remember, perfect. Oh, yeah. 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 Every time with the highlights. Oh, yeah. With this movie and with Aztec Rex, as far as like pacing and uh pl- like plot lines and action yeah i i thought it handled itself well it was I a didn't competently like we made spent, movie yeah we didn't spend too much time in the wrong places we yeah. didn't end up on some side quest where we're like what the fuck's going on Every, everybody was given it some everybody was doing it with gusto i, I wasn't like man get me you know get me out of this fucking quagmire. I was like, okay, this moves like a movie should move. Yeah, I think this is one of those cases where like, technically competent, they, everybody who was involved in making this did what they could with what they had. Yeah. The problem ultimately comes down to the fact that you're still dealing with a concept that out of hand, I cannot in good faith recommend to people. Yeah, there's and just, that's, there's yeah, no, that's just it. There's no, there's no way to be like, there's no way to in good conscience. Right. Tell people I'm, to watch it. I mean, it's like. It's not going to like, it's not going to be like, wow, this is fucked up. Like, it's not that yeah. thing, but where it's just like, guys, it's a movie where a bunch of conquistadors uh one of them becomes like the white savior of an indigenous people that are framed as the good guys but are still patronized too by the way they're handled and uh it just you have to sort of put out of your mind that the conquistadors will lead to a genocide um yeah. in the postscript and we're going to do a postscript about how that is hap is coming with also a fun little button where we see the priest back in Spain uh, making sangria. Talking oh, God, about I've forgotten how, about that. Talking about how, like, he never drank hard liquor again, but he did drink wine. And, and they, you know, I was made a saint one day, and they even named the drink I created after me. Sangria. It's like, and now we're going to do the little epilogue where you mention... Without using the word, you don't mention, like, the colonization by the conquistadors and the genocide of the indigenous people. What's so, such a weird choice about that, by the way? Yo, is, yeah. Like, I mean, it's, everything about that is a weird, insane fucking choice. Like, just <laughs> yeah. being like, and this is how it got me. And I did not look up the origins of Sangria, and maybe no, I, I should have. Um, I have a hard time believing that is the origins. But more importantly, the origin of the word is yeah i'm looking history and enemy is bloodletting <laughs> oh yeah, sangre that makes sense. yes that sangre makes sense. is blood so why why would you do that like it's huh. not why would you take what is it has in a name and then change it into saint gray like because his last name is gray gria yeah 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 no what the fuck is that what that's, that's such a, a reach that's it's one of those things i'm like how did you get how did this happen? Who decided yeah. this? Was this who decided early this on was needed in the brainstorming process, or was this like late? Like, was this a late breaking idea? Was yeah. this like, oh, guys, we gotta have this, or this was like, hey, I got a crazy thought. Like, what? 
What was the order of operations that that detail came in? And did it? Did they always know that this that was going to be the carry through character would be the fucking priest that we yeah. were going to like end in priest POV? And again, who thought this was <laughs> and a, again? And again, who was like, mm, you know, it'd be funny if we broke up Sangria into two words and gave him a whole other origin story. Like it's just, I, it is such a weird quirky unnecessary uh, I, <laughs> I actually had completely blocked that from my brain until you brought that back up because that when that happened I was just so confused and annoyed by this because this is the to the movie's credit the one thing I will like this movie doesn't and so often this can happen where the movies try uh-huh. to do like have a a sense of humor and it's not well executed in yeah. the same way yeah like these these movies disaster movies can also have these really like awkward not funny slip on a banana peel kind of vibes yes and this movie didn't have it for most of the film until the end when we got that and i was like that is tonally it doesn't even match in the sense that you guys haven't been trying to do be cute and punny (laughs) up until this moment and then all of a sudden you threw that in no one needed that no one needed it um i will say if you're looking for this movie if you're unsuccessful with azteca rex try also tyrannosaurus azteca same movie yeah, Tyrannosaurus Azteca. If you're like, oh, why can't I find yeah. a streamlight or something? Uh, give that a shot. Uh, yeah. And also, we should note that Gria, the Padre, is the actor Jack McGee. Yeah. Who you've seen in a thousand things, including fucking Basic Instinct. <laughs> like, yeah. Who's been around. He's the, the he was dawn the fire chief in, in uh, Rescue Me. He, I'm looking at his filmography right now the man has 222 credits one thing i loved about the casting of him is that there is no one who has more of a northern england or ireland face truly than jack mcgee if you were like if you showed me a picture jack mcgee i know everything about his whole appearance makes him look like he's an early 1900s boxer with a drinking problem yeah yeah and i say that and i don't think he would object to that but from the time of babe ruth when yeah. someone who looked like Jack McGee would be a real star on the diamond. He looked yeah, he looks like someone who played football when the helmets were just leather with little ear flaps. Yeah, he looks like a character who would constantly be clinching the same cigar. <laughs> he looks like a character who has a hidden stash of alcohol and that's played with like funny music in the background. Yeah, and this is exactly that is what exactly what happens in, in uh Aztec Rex, but for the funny music. But that's yeah. exactly he is just He's essentially, he's got to be drunk the entire movie. Gria has to be drunk the whole time because he's constantly drinking. This fucking movie, man. Yeah. It, it really, again. Yeah. Dai Chen. Doing, doing it sincerely. She's grateful for that for her. Gets that, gets that coup de gras in there. I, the... The stab in with the blood spatter on her face was like Ugh. they they were they were really excited about this shot. Like these people here were like, guys, let's be careful with this one. Like we've got a vision. Like we're we this gonna be a good day. Like you could tell they were looking forward to that. So it was intentional. I, it was it done was, with it intention. It was very intentional. It is a great the that final from the time, uh, from the time. He is like she gets to take him down to the the blowing up of the face to the dipping of the T-Rex. Great stuff. Gr- what you tune into a made for TV 
disaster movie for. Yeah. So, the Jordan, goods. do you think this brings us to what this is really about? Gosh, yeah. I guess it does. And it's like the movie, the movie, like, the movie thinks it's about, like, it's fun. It wants to be fun. But, like, you know there was something in their minds that was like, we're going to speak truth to history. <laughs> they, it, like, thinks it's about um, speaking truth to the the nice-washed uh history that again to to history to history goes the victors writing the record of how things gone have gone when you were the one in a position of power it thinks it's gonna be like hey let's let's like let's let people know like these were the bad guys here but it is like in the process of that it's like it's like watching a movie about the limits of white allyship yeah where where you just like this movie is posting a black square on Instagram. <laughs> That's what this movie's doing about, like, hey, guys, the conquistadors, uh, rapists and murderers, huge if true. Like, people yeah. should know. And, like, hey, women should have rights. <laughs> Let's hashtag it. Yeah, this and, has a big retweet if you agree by. Yeah, yeah. completely... Um, yeah, that's what, I think that's what this movie is about, uh, ultimately. I appreciate that they took something as, as ridiculous as this premise and they were like, again, we're to have a point of view on this. Like, hey, you could have just not at all, you could have just been an embarrassing, uh, caricature, embarrassing problematic caricature. You made efforts to not do that. You seemed aware that that was a possibility and you were like, no, but we're going to do it right. We're gonna make like we're gonna side with the the Aztecs. We're gonna we're gonna make sure people know the the conquistadors are the are the the bad colonists here. But it's also all against the dinosaurs, which is a, which is bad too. So yeah, I think that's what it is for me. It's it's ultimately exposing the limits of white and male and white male allyship. I like that. I like that. Um, I I think that this movie is about um. And this is only slightly informed by my like overwhelming existential dread. Yeah. I think this movie is about how regardless of what kind of a civilization you have, mm-hmm. um, humans will inevitably destroy the natural world. Seem, seems regardless, to be the proof, the proof is in the pudding. Yep. Regardless if you, if you of, industrialized mm-hmm. and started to scale, you will ruin it. It does not matter. Yeah, it does not matter if you are of the Aztecs who are looking for a reason to kill the Tyrannosaurus Rex and just have not been able to. So they have chosen to live in harmony. Um, But, and then the obviously conquistadors who see it and are like, well, that's a big dinosaur. We should kill that big thing. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what kind of society they are coming from and what kind of civilization they're coming from, it does not matter in this case. And the humans are just humans being in a space with nature, with the power of nature. Humans will inevitably try to conquer it. Yeah, with with rare exception of living yeah. truly in harmony with with the land and environment, uh, and and many of the people who are many of the peoples who have been capable of that and ascribed to uh, that are are wiped out by those right. who would uh, simply simply scour simply go scorched earth so here's the the thing i don't necessarily agree with this point of view of it 
Mm-hmm. I just think that that is kind of, you know, in this, in the way that this movie is like, what is this movie really about? It, yeah. That is the text I would take from it. But I don't think that's true. Um, I think that, mm-hmm. in fact, that's heavily, if you're going to go into it, that's a big part of the sort of the next phase in conservation of the, the, the how do I want to say this? I've ranted about this on Twitter a bunch with nature documentaries. Right. Sure. Um, I think there's a real sense with nature documentaries that they're like, well, Europe's Europe and North America, that's just what it is. Oh, sure, all those right. animals are dead, but that was for the sake of progress. And then you get things like talking about uh, the orangutans in Borneo and mm. how their habitats are being destroyed and how awful that is. And it's like, or in, I was watching a thing on, um, it was our national parks mm. uh, voiced by Obama on Netflix. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was talking about how Savo National Park is split in two by by a railway. And then he was like, you know, but as the country continues to industrialize, more roads will open. It's like, well, so here's the thing. You can't there is a bias that we have in the way we talk about nature and conservation. Yeah. We're basically we're like, well, we can't undo the damage we've done. Yeah. Yeah. But you guys should not do more damage versus what it should be, which is like, okay, the damage has been done. How do we undo it in our own lands? And how do we move forward as a, as a civilization to not cause more harm and develop non-harmful ways to continue to thrive? Right, like restorative justice for land itself. Yes, yeah. And and by not doing that, by basically treating the damage as being done, <clears throat> yeah. and that, well, the only way to do these things is to cause more damage. So therefore, they should none of these countries should get to. It's a way to like basically keep the stratification in place and the higher the the economic hierarchy and i think yeah. that's like so i just want to say i don't agree necessarily with the thing i think this movie is really about i don't believe that humans have to inherently be destructive to their to nature yeah i do think this movie holds that premise whether it intends to or not <laughs> yeah yes i i think that is true yeah so that's my little rant about um nature documentaries and the way that we treat uh, developing nations. Would you fantasy cast this if given the opportunity? Would you remake this if given the opportunity? I feel like I would, but like it would just, I would make it like, I wouldn't make them the conquistadors. I would make sure. them just like, like effectively pirates, just like okay. a freelance unit that was like gold, like gold fever. Yeah. And, You'd still, you'd, you'd really, I, I, I don't, I, I, a solution would have to be, would have to be, uh, presented. A solution would have to be come up with. So it wasn't just like going and being like the friendly pirates who, um, like do well, do right by the, the native people. Like that's like in a, in a crazy, oh my God, it's a dinosaur uh, this is this feels like a Channing Tatum movie, not possibly because I've recently seen The Lost City and it's a hoot. Yeah, but like I want like let's put Channing Tatum in here and let's keep Daichen Lachman, yeah. let her have some fun, and like you know even Daniel Radcliffe bring him over from The Lost City too to give just like weird Daniel Radcliffe energy. If this was like something, what if Daniel Radcliffe played Cortez? <laughs> right, like. For the, he's oh he's God. the head pirate. He would be the head pirate. He would be, yeah. Like, he would be like the head pirate. Yeah. If this was like a movie directed by, this was a movie directed by Alexander Aja, who did Piranha. <laughs> yeah. And and our favorite, uh, Crawl. 
Yeah, like Alexandra Aja doing the like yeah. surprise it's dinosaurs and unlikely unlikely uh enemies to lovers yeah. <laughs> uh, have to take it down together. I'd watch that. I'm in. Yeah, I'd watch I like that. that. I like that. Yeah. I would not remake this movie, but what I would do is I would take the entire production team surrounding this <laughs> and and have them remake Devil Wins. Because oh, that's a real uh, yeah. Yeah. If you're going to work at this level of like low budget made for TV, they have shown they are capable of doing and putting the effort that the crew of Devil Wins did not put into this. Yeah. I would absolutely I would take all of them and just be like, hey, guys, make this movie. Go fix this. Because <laughs> yeah. there's so much there's so much rich potential in Devil Wins that is completely, completely lost. <laughs> yes it's true there's 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 a sense of play and imagination to this at least yeah but they're trying a, to make God, the best experience. version i'm glad we did it i'm glad we tried it um this was definitely superior to our failed attempt to watch velocipaster because at yeah. least this was doing it in a like velocipaster was and the reason we have not covered it um i think we've talked about this before but was because it, it is not a movie trying to, is a movie trying intentionally to be bad. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole thing. It's trying, inten- it's trying very hard to be bad. And I was worried with this that this was going to be a similar thing. And I'm so glad that even if they didn't execute it necessarily to the in the way that would have made us most comfortable yeah. as social, as the SJWs that we are. Yeah. Um, Man, they, they fucking tried. And I got to give them credit for trying. Like, Ian Zeering's wig alone. That thing was trying. He wore the shit out of that wig. Oh, that wig was that wig. You could, he put that on and he got in character. That was his whole, that was as much his getting into character as John Voight growing yeah. that ponytail for Anaconda was getting yeah. into character. Absolutely. I, what are you going to do for Towering Infernos? I'm giving it two. I can't give it more than that. It's not a movie I would ever recommend in this, in the canon of TV movies. Uh-huh. It didn't do as much damage to my emotional well-being as I was worried it would it was fine I can't maybe like I maybe two and a quarter I'm gonna give it two and a quarter one quarter just for the Dyton Locken ripping out a dude's heart and then holding it to a tie like that moment almost makes everything else worth it but it just does not is it applicable to say not not like not like a no but like a like a not applicable, like yeah, you it, can, you I, can, like you can, I'm not you can like pass. yeah, and it's but it's not even like it's not even like it's a pat like I I'm not even trying to like pass no pass it, but like not applicable in the sense of like I liked I liked enough of the things it was doing to be like if this didn't have the mucky stuff around it, I'd be like three and a half, baby, like okay, but I couldn't, I couldn't right. That's what I'm be that's what I'm docking. Yeah. And so I'm like, not applicable? Like, not applicable for a grade? I think that that that's absolutely fair. I'm realizing now that basically in my own head, my like scoring system, um, a genocide takes you down one point. Yeah. That's like legit, that's like yeah, which I don't think that's the correct measurement of genocide. Should not be the correct measurement in my head. But yes, I would put it in like a three and a quarter, three and a half. Yeah. By the sheer fact of if these were not conquistadors and these were not yes. Aztecs, sure. If yeah. you were just like, this takes place in a fantasy land. If this happened in Westeros. Yeah. You know what? Yes. Fuck if this it. happened Fine. in fucking Westeros. 
if this was just on a farm in Wyoming and surprise, there's a T-Rex. Like, it's in a valley in a, in a Mountain West state. And, yeah. oh, God, it's the, the Hatfields and the McCoys are fighting each other. And you're kidding me. There's a T-Rex and the Hatfields and the McCoys have to put their feud aside? Like, that is the version of this movie that, like, I can get down with. But it's like, oh, no, the genocide. Oh, but Daichin was good. Like, oh, no, that accent from Ian Ziering. But she cut out his heart. Like, it's yeah. just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. No, I'm I'm so with you. I'm so, I'm if so, so with you If you want to go with that. not applicable. Yeah, it didn't even occur to me. I think this is an unrateable. Yeah, I think it is. I think that's fair. And I, Yeah, I think it's like, it's not us being like, oh, we take a pass. It's like. No, this is actually unrateable. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you on this because like I don't feel because I can give it a rating, but I agree that it maybe just should be deemed unrateable. Right, I, like I don't want to make any excuses for it. Yeah, while also acknowledging I'm not gonna lie, I enjoyed myself, but I have to understand that like too many things working against it here for me to like score it in a way that if you just looked at it at a glance, it would have a number attached to it. Then you'd be like, you'd, if you watched it and you were like, really? With the, yeah. with the genocide <laughs> and everything, huh? It'd be like, you're right. Yeah. Which I I, I love the idea of, I, I, I do love the idea of like a new precedent for us. Like, holy shit, we found an unrateable mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And not because it's bad or not because it's good. It's just, Surely based upon yeah. the implications. The implication. The implications. Yeah. No, the I like that. I agree. It's only taken us, what, 105 episodes for this to happen? Yeah, which, like, I think that's pretty impressive. Like, yeah. there is a there is a hall of notoriety that exists uh, where it's like, wow, the unrateable movie as Tech Rex. Yeah. Shit. Agreed. I'm in. <laughs> Well, I've got great news, though, for you, Jordan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you know what's coming up next is something that is deeply rateable. Yeah, this is this is it's perhaps the reason Amanda ever wanted to do this was to have an excuse. I would argue that the three thing that the three most defining feature pieces of media that inform my presence on this podcast. A hundred percent. Oh, wouldn't argue with that at all. Volcano, the The core. core. And finally, we're getting to the. NBC one season hit surface surface guys I'm so fucking excited Jordan's gonna watch this I'm excited I'm so excited to watch surface I'm so excited to finally understand Amanda as a person um and I'm excited for us to do a show again I I, really liked doing La Brea that way and and getting the having the through line of of all those episodes and building and building on it yeah I'm really psyched about that we also had a request for zoo um so because Honestly, I because I know Sir, I've never watched Zoo. No, because Surface is I own it on DVD. Yeah, all I want in life is to talk to Josh and Jonah Pate to ask them for their series Bible so I can see what happened in future seasons in their head. <laughs> By the way, they on then went on to make Outer Banks, which is so not the same thing. Interesting. Um, this is this show is such a time capsule of its time. I am so excited about. I forget this. when was it made. Two thousand six. Okay. All right. It was, I love the it 2000s. Was the, do you remember that one year when there was, um, there were like three shows that NBC, Fox, and CBS were all trying to get their version of Lost? Yeah. And it was, oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it was, there was the one with Moira, um, 
Macar, no, whatever her name, you know, Marina Bakarin. Marina Bakarin, uh, that was V. Yeah. And then there was, and, and why do I love, why do I love V? Not just Marina Bakarin, Elizabeth fucking Mitchell. Yes, Elizabeth Mitchell as well was in, that's right. Because that was what she did after Lost, all after she got time, written off of Lost. All time beauty, Elizabeth Mitchell. Oh, I love her. I loved she her moved. so much on Lost. I'm she was so, so moved fabulous. by her constantly. I don't, I think there's a, there's a contingent out of us out there who are so in the bag for Elizabeth Mitchell and we don't understand why like we don't know like we get like we get it like by the numbers like duh i can but it's also exactly why but it's also like a what 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 is this intangible quality that just consumes me you ready for me to get you yeah she's tv version laura dern she's she's so tender yeah she's so tender so can laura laura dern can also be tender laura laura dern can do anything she can do anything so i would argue so you remember there was that like redhead who they were trying to make happen for a while on tv and they gave her like a couple of shows on cw and or wb or whatever it was um i do love redheads joanna i think her name is Mm. joanna something i don't remember her name now joanna i'm gonna see what cw shows um let's not gains let's see is it joanna garcia did you say yeah joanna garcia from google her she was uh she was on freaks and geeks she was on reba she did you google oh yeah Yeah. i know her face i certainly know her face she came into television like two years after amy adams hit and it was very (laughs) much like oh they're trying to make a tv amy adams Uh uh-huh and Elizabeth Mitchell to me is TV Laura Dern. Like she's got the strong jaw, she's got the gorgeous hair, she's got like a steeliness, but with a softness. Oh, you could if truly. you remade if you made a TV version of Jurassic Park, she would have played Ellie Sattler. Oh, that's totally true. Yeah, that's totally true. So Elizabeth Mitchell and because is she's the- Elizabeth Mitchell, she would have been playing a lesbian. She would have been lesbian Doctor Ellie Sattler because that woman loves to play gay, and it's fantastic. I mean, I, I can't speak to that. I would assume that. <laughs> I would love that for Ellie Sattler. I am hoping, like, I am begrudgingly going to watch Jurassic World Dominion. Is it because the, like, the originals are back? Is it because? I have to. Uh, oh, hey, I, I get not. it. Alan Grant being back on my screen. With Ellie Sattler. With Ellie. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. nervous. I'm, I am not looking forward to that dynamic. Because I think I feel no matter like what, you know she's going to kill it. Well, like, yeah, so you might the- be you might be clawing into your own face for yeah. the rest of the movie, but every time Laura Dern is serving on- Ellie Sattler, you're going to be gonna like, be- yes. No, I yes. can't wait to see her and Alan Grant, <laughs> Ellie and Alan back together. I am concerned that it's going to be the same kind of vibe as Leia and Han, where they mm. broke them up in uh, The Force Awakens. Sure, yeah. And so I'm like worried that that's what we're going to be going with this sort totally of like, a, oh, yeah, they broke up off screen and it's yeah. been 20 years since they've seen each other. And it's like, well, that's not how that works. That's not even how that works in the like they would see each other at conferences. Fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> but- they uniquely experienced Jurassic Park together. These yeah. two people would have been on circuits together, research endeavors. They would have been they would have Ellie for sure would have hated how much she had to keep seeing Alan Grant. Yeah, but they would definitely see each other regularly. So I, I'm just, I'm I'm concerned, but I am going to go see Dominion. <coughs> I'm so excited to have Laura Dern back yeah. on our screen as Ellie. Yeah. I forgot what got me onto this side thing. I know that it started with Elizabeth Mitchell. It, Joanna no Garcia, Elizabeth Mitchell. We've really traveled on quite a journey <laughs> yeah. with this. And it all surface. started with Surface. Yeah. <laughs> so surface is a very, er- 2007, six. That's what got us all started here. 2006, you've got V, 
you've got Surface, and then mm-hmm. CBS had one with um, William, what's his name, from Armageddon. William Fincher. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. William Fincher, like, played a small-town sheriff where there's <laughs> abnormal things happening. Yeah. So those three things, and all of them failed to varying degrees, but Surface in particular was really trying to bring so many different kinds of entertainment to our screen. Great. And had an all-star cast, including Leighton Meester before she got cast in Gossip Girl. That is fantastic news. Lake Bell playing a biologist. Oh, that is so awesome. Who has never heard of <clears throat> buttoning the top button on her Henley. Jesus. Oh, there's so much, so much boob in this film, in this show. That is Which, like, hilarious. you know, perfect. Yeah. And then um, the guy from Mad Men, whose name I can never remember, who played Stan, and now he's on The Connors. Um, but I really like him. Oh, yeah. I know. I, Stan. You know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 So anyway, great, great cast of early 2000s. Yeah. Could have been. And, <laughs> and also a mystery about a mystery sea creatures <laughs> I'm s- so surprising it's gonna be so great guys I'm so looking forward to this so it's, I'm so sure it's it holds episode up. one of surface is the next I, well do you want to do one us. and two like sure, we were yeah. doing yeah let's do two the way that we were doing yeah. for La Brea which episodes I just one and two yeah so we'll do episodes one and two um and I believe that is available on Peacock okay I would assume it was an NBC show mm-hmm. um surface streaming I should have googled this before peacock tv what do you what do you oh uh, it's also on amazon it's it might be on amazon okay i know i like i you know it, it's it's going to be available no it is on peacock you can stream okay. all 15 episodes on peacock great and uh <clears throat> i'm so looking forward to this jordan i'm so Honestly, happy we finally arrived here when the when the pandemic started, we celebrated with the my birthday with the core yeah. in twenty twenty. Oh, my and we are upon the birthday, and we're upon the birthday again. This was unintentional when I suggested it, but I'm just realizing it now. Thank this you was, for this birthday present. Yeah, this Jordan. is how this is how this was. This is why it's happening now. Absolutely. So anyway, that'll be on that stream on Peacock. But in the meantime, Jordan. Anywhere we can hear you, anything you want to promote. Do you happen to have some other podcasts? Right, sure, yeah. Um, you should hit up the Feeling Scene podcast on Maximum Fun Network. Uh, we have had wonderful episodes of always, as as always recently, particularly a, a favorite of mine that we've done in our six months of being around with Auli E. Cravalho, uh, whose adorable high school gay rom-com crush is on Hulu. You should watch it because it's really fun. Uh, and then uh, the whole movie podcast is in the botcast era. So I'm talking about robots with my dear friend Margot Carlson, an intellectual giant and little robot scholar. I have her thesis about robots and film sitting right next to me right now, actually, as it happens. It's just a cozy 70 pages. Sure. And then uh, the Odds podcast will be coming back before too long. So you can hear more hours and hours and hours of me talking to people about movies. So do that. I love it. It's a great thing to listen to. I've got a, I've got some very long road trips ahead of me. I have been saving several episodes. Hey. Yeah. I'm like, I can't wait to have Jordan accompany me on the entire drive to Montana and then on to South Dakota. (laughs) Where you'll find a dinosaur in a valley. I am going 3,000 some odd miles and I cannot wait to see how many actual dinosaurs I find and how many fossils I find. I think that the fossils might be higher than the actual dinosaurs, but fingers crossed. Yeah. I'm crossing my fingers. Thank you. And you can find me. I'm Amanda Smith says on Twitter. Um, and 
I that's it. Unless you have, <laughs> unless you're an, unless you're an agent or a manager, a lit agent or manager. Just gonna throw that out there. I think I've mentioned this once or twice in the past. Just like hoping, fingers crossed, that we have an agent out there who is like, you know, I would love <laughs> you know? to add somebody to my roster like Amanda, but I don't think she needs an agent or manager. You would be wrong. You're like, I, guess what? I do, in fact, need an agent or manager for for my screenplays. <laughs> so, if you want to be the person who reps the future writer of Moontastrophe, yeah, treat yourself. You can be that person. Just think. You should be that person. You should if you be have that any person. good sense whatsoever. Um, but and then of course the podcast is uh disaster underscore pod on Twitter, where disastergirlspod at gmail.com. If you haven't taken a chance yet to take a few seconds to write us a review, please give us a five-star rating and review. It's always yeah. really nice. Um, spread the good word. And otherwise, we'll be back next week for surface. I let's finally get it going. Let's get this yes. party started. I'm gonna watch it as soon as we hang up. I'm so excited. <laughs> See you it soon, is guys. 1040 at night. I'm gonna watch Surface. Bye. Bye. That might be cool.com. You never know.